Yeah. There we go. New week. Welcome. New episode. Welcome, guys. This is Word for the Week, bringing you a weekly dose of wisdom and inspiration by three young adults or three men, to be more specific. Yes, sir. We're currently on all platforms, Spotify, Rumble, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, so feel free to check us out wherever you want. Uh, but yeah, today our word is resilience. And Melvin, do you have a definition? Let's get into it. Yes, I do have a definition here. Uh, resilience is the word first of all and the meaning of resilience is it is the ability to bounce back from adversity to recover quickly from setbacks and challenges i was doing some reading beautiful on today's topic and it turns out that in the last six years prescriptions for antidepressants have gone up by 35 percent what do you make of that door do not think that's because of mental health issues that's why I'm and asking why you. they're so prevalent in today's society. Because you could attribute a lot of the things today towards uh, people having way more time on their hands. Right. So, like I call it, I call it first world problems, right? Because <laughs> when you've got too much time, when life is too easy, when, when everything's going too well, then you've got a lot more free time on mm. your hands, right? And I think a lot of these things, I'm not saying that there aren't real issues, because obviously they are. Um, but I feel like the increase in prescription drugs and that kind of thing has come from these self-made issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to a large extent, these things have caused younger people to get into these these ways of living. And unfortunately, a lot of doctors and stuff also, they don't provide any like normal or, or non-drug-related uh remedies they just want them to buy the prescription stay on the prescription and then carry on buying it right so i think that's got a large um contributing factor to it there's a norwegian comedian his name is Jonas Josef, really funny guy and he did this really cool sketch where he asks because he has a very diverse audience so he goes he picks out like a maybe an african he asks him what's the language no what's a word for anxiety in your language in african in amara huh? you happy it's Amara, right? Is it an African man? Oh, okay. He said, what's <laughs> an African, African language? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that. But he asked different members of the audience, so people from Ethiopia, India, Iran, different country, countries that have uh, issues, and he asked them, what's the, what's the word for anxiety in that language? And they all go, we don't know. There is no, there is no word. Yeah. And he goes, it's because these countries have real problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah not first world made up pro- well not made up problems i do i do believe that a, so there are f- select few people that struggle like dramatically with anxiety right or uh, or have crippling anxiety to the point where they don't want to go outside and mm-hmm. stuff because of whatever's going on but i think to say that what, what were the stats again 35 percent of more? last six years anti-depression prescriptions up by 35 percent yeah, that's you know that's that's ridiculous, bro. And I I can guarantee you it's gone. It's got a lot to do with people's anxiety. It's got a lot to do with 
people's worries, their day-to-day, um, those kind of things. No one's taken it because, well, like, besides recently with the two countries that I don't think we can mention, there hasn't really been a war for how long? Like years, bro. You mean Russia and Ukraine? Yeah, I don't know if we can say it, but... Yeah. Why? I think it's taboo, isn't it? Is it? On YouTube, maybe. Well, I, d- <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't know, so... That's why I said those two countries. <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. Besides those two countries, like, there's, there hasn't been a war in... There have, there have been wars, but they haven't been mentioned on... In, in Europe? Not really in Europe. Or in but US. Yeah, actually, yes, in Europe. Where? If you go uh, more to the east of Europe, there are like border conflicts where people want to invade the other country. I don't really know the name of the countries. Do you know uh, the Georgia. Name? Georgia and... Yeah. Uh, uh, Belarus. Yeah. So there have been uh, countries that have actually in the verge of war, but like obviously mainstream media, media won't mention stuff that won't benefit them. Yeah, so no clicks. The no, way Elon no. Musk says like it's a government-funded... Uh, business and news agencies nowadays so well my original point was is that the the these stats i guarantee you antidepressants are not up in in kenya or south africa or maybe south africa actually a little bit um but i think for the most part it's that it's these western countries Mm. i mean i i think um in Africa, or let's say countries that don't really have like a high statistics in, of antidepressants, is that people don't really know what they're suffering from. Right. They might be suffering from under the water. That's they a don't fair know. Point. They're like, oh, maybe it's that's just normal me, you know, and they don't really realize it and they don't go ask for medical help or they don't have the access to um, healthcare providers that help with mental health. Mm. So the statistics are more better on this side of the world because we have. Uh, facilities next door like in university you can go to the doctor and you get mm. mental health care like on a snap of a finger but do you think uh, um, prescribing medicines is is helping them with their mental health or do you think it's just a blocker to the things that they should be feeling or working through if uh, to be honest I can't say it. I'm not sure if any of you deal with mental health and can say from experience yeah, always no, I just say that I think drugs should be the last resort. Yeah. But these days, it seems like doctors are handing them out to, it's too accessible for young people. Yeah. Instead of, instead of encouraging young people to maybe exercise more, spend more time with friends, or try and find natural healings, so to speak. Yeah. Um, we tend to, especially in the US, because... I know that in the US, there's a big like medicine culture, way bigger than here. If you want antidepressants in Norway, it's really hard to get. You need to genuinely have a problem with your, with your yeah. mental health. But in the US, I mean, 35% in the last six years, is, it's crazy. I think what can be negative or what should be avoided is to take illicit drugs to cope with your mental health. Mm, definitely. If... Let's say your prescription and non-prescribed drugs are two different things. Let's say you take drugs, let's say you take uh, cocaine or alcohol abuse. You abuse it to the fact that you want to forget about your mental health. That is wrong. Mm. That is bad because you, first of all, you haven't been prescribed a drug. And secondly, that's one way of hiding it or trying to push your problems into the into under the bed, under the rug. Yeah. So I think what should be of con- uh, really avoid it should be like taking illicit drugs or d- drug abuse yeah definitely and i think if you have issues and you're you're trying to work on them 
I wish you Godspeed in, in doing it. But I've had friends in my life, uh, not only friends, but also other people uh, in around me that um, have had issues, mental health issues. And instead of working on them, they're out partying, they're out doing drugs, they're out doing really bad things. And then once the party's over, they want sympathy. And I just haven't given it to them because I think if you have a problem and you're doing things that are breaking you even further down, then you have no right to be for me to be sympath- sympathetic towards you. Sure. What do you think of that? I think one thing I'm going to say to advocate for the other side is that <clears throat> unfortunately for a lot of people, a lot of young people nowadays, they also don't have a healthy outlet and they don't know of a healthy outlet that they can go to and, um, and like just vent or just get whatever they need to off their chest. You know, for me, it's the gym. Like I've, you know, this, I've been going to the gym for a long time and that's why I'm such a big advocate for it because if, if I didn't have that, there would be like a lot more stuff going on upstairs, you know? And, a lot of young people, especially now, they don't have that vent, you mm. know? And when things start to build up like that over a large or a long enough time span, then it it just starts to implode, right? And then they, they don't know where to go from there. I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that that's the way to deal with things. All I'm saying is that I do understand that when you get to a dark place, you don't want to you don't want to try and look for the good things right you know you're not you're not looking to go for a walk because everything is just going to remind you of like whatever you're going through mm-hmm. you don't want to you don't want to go to the gym because then people are staring at you and this guy laughs and is it about me you know you don't know so that like that just freaks you out even more so i think for for a lot of young people turning to that party scene to to like people in the same situation situation as them and something that numbs your pain, even if it is just for a couple of hours, whatever it may be. I do understand why they do that. But on the other side, it's super detrimental to your health. Right. And you can't do that for a long enough time frame because it's going to eventually kill you, you know? So it, you can't... Yeah. Yeah, it, can't it's, it's the sad truth that so many people out there don't have access to facilities that could help them with their mental health. Mm, yeah. And the only accessible ways of hiding the pain or let, uh, letting the pain to get loose or like relieve the pain is to the readily available drugs. Yeah. And that's a sad truth that's because sad. many people don't have access to mental health facilities, to doctors or like friends who can talk with them mm. or like people they can trust to have a conversation with. Yeah. So that's just the sad truth with our generation or even the older generation, like they don't really have access to places they could trust and yeah. vent, but the only places they could access is like the negatives, you know? And that, that's actually a very good point. It's easier because we, we, we know that like talking to someone or, or getting through something in like a healthy means, we know that that's a better way, right? Yeah. So the point Melvin just made that it's easier to get drugs than it is to like find a helping hand or find f- find someone that can help you just take one little baby step forward in the right direction. It's easier to get illegal drugs mm. than it is to just have a helping hand near you. And that is crazy. Like that, that's not the society we should be living in. And also the sad truth is like people nowadays advocate for the 
other side of like yeah, let's they'd say they do the bad stuff. The bad stuff. They'll rather uh, uh, hide your pain in a different way. And we need to raise a voice that there are other means of um, recovering from mental health or like yeah. other ways of with this issue. So. Yeah. I also believe that if you're at a point in your life where your mental health, you wouldn't say you have a very good mental health, you shouldn't be anywhere near a party or a pre-party. I've been to so many pre-parties where I meet people. As soon as they have two drinks down, they start opening up about the problems. And it's all different kinds of shit. It's like, uh, I lost my, I lost this family member. I struggle with confidence. I'm going through anxiety and depression. And the first thing that comes to my mind, I, I try to be, I really want to be sympathetic, right? And usually I am. I go, okay, yeah, I understand. Um, what can we do about it? But at the same time, if you're having anxiety and you're at a pre-party, you're five drinks down, you're, you're talking to me about it, mm. then it, it's, it's very hard for me to find sympathy for you. Yeah. But at the same time, I agree with you that there's not enough outlets for them to address or places to go. Well, there's not, there, <clears throat> I think everybody knows of that outlet, right? Everybody knows that going for a walk is better than um, doing some sort of drug, mm -hmm. right? Everybody knows that. But it's it's what's going to numb the pain for for longer and it's what's going to make them feel better for longer. So a lot of people just turn to that, I, unfortunately. I can't disagree with the part where you say, like, I don't advocate for parties, but, like, I don't think staying home either will be healthy for the person who is going to mental health. Because if someone is able to get out there and and feel welcomed in, let's say, yeah. in a place where you're with your friends, and that will in one way um, help you out. Like, let's say for me, I'm 100% an extrovert, and if I don't, I'm not with my friends, I get low, right? So yeah. I would rather go to a place where I can hang out with my friends, and then I get, like, I feel better. Yeah. So I mean, like by not going to certain events because you're dealing with some stuff, but you can go and you rather go and uh, in be one way, be around friends. I think being around friends is wiser than being alone in your room in the dark, listening to like probably feeling down. So I think yeah. it's better to be with people at that time. That, that I agree with 100%, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was, I was just going to add that I think now we also have a generation of people that have... Um, this mindset of i don't need anybody else mm. i can do everything by myself i don't i don't want to open up to anybody because when i open up then i just get hurt right mm. and i think that's very large especially amongst the youth nowadays yeah. and I, th I think it's that it's that fear that nobody wants to open up with anyone that also contributes to this immensely um i don't know like what's going on in other friend groups and stuff but there's obviously like a lack of uh, not necessarily compassion, but there's a lack of trust between uh, people within a friend group. And uh, because of that, a lot of people don't want to uh, like reach out and ask mm -hmm. for help or anything like that. I know I was one of those people. I don't want to talk to anybody about anything that I was going through because like one thing was that I thought that my problems were not as big as they were mm -hmm. so i just minimized them and i was like oh other people are going through way worse than me so like they're not gonna care about what i have to say you know mm -hmm. so i i never reached out or anything i just dealt with everything by myself and i know that that's um definitely not the right way to do it because when you're alone 
and you know that you're alone and you deal with everything alone then it's it's significantly harder to gain out like outside perspective and then it ruins your um it ruins like your thought process on the problem at hand and it's it's not very productive and i think in this with mental health that's where in a way resilience can help someone get out and help someone cope with mental health and that's why we are discussing this topic right yeah. now so yeah, i also want to like uh, just to answer what you said because you said you disagree with um staying inside and not going partying i didn't mean um, partying necessarily but i mean events oh yeah and that's that's like what i want going out and going out because i don't have a kid for partying but like if yeah. you're gonna be with friends be with friends yeah that that i agree with 100 <clears> percent. but i also know about friend groups where they don't do anything but partying yeah. So maybe that what needs to change. That's what needs to be changed, because well, I mean, young young people party, right? That's not that's not anything new to us. It's not anything new to our generation. So I don't I don't think necessarily going out and partying is the issue because you can you can have um, a very clean party, like you can have a party without any alcohol, even. Yeah. You know, you don't like people don't have to drink. You can all just get around and whatever but a lot of people like a drink a lot of people like other things like each to their own you know so i don't don't think necessarily that's the problem i think the problem is is that like you said after five beers or something the big tough guy that doesn't want to share anything starts like breaking down and starts saying oh this happened to this person in my life and you know i'm going through this and i think it's i think it's that because that those drinks remove his shield Mm -hmm. you know that shield that he's put up to like not be vulnerable in a sense those are all gone now because he's he's let it all down so now he's just letting everything out sorry but i think i actually think this is a it'll be a healthy environment a healthy thing to do in in a healthy environment like for instance you're letting out because your barrier is broken because of drinking but you're letting it out in the wrong environment during a party. Probably someone else is drunk. Mm. You're letting it out. They will probably have one year in, one year out. It's yeah. going to enter. But I would say that's a good thing they can do because they are relieving themselves of all the stuff probably they kept in. And in a way, okay, they're yes not being listened yes to. No. They're not being listened to. Mm. But at the same time, that's one way of them relieving themselves, discussing of what they wouldn't discuss yeah. when being sober. So. But you need to do it with someone that you trust. I know that's what I'm even, saying. It's a healthy thing to do in an unhealthy environment. Yeah. But even yeah, even if you are venting to someone that's not listening to you, I don't think that's healthy at all. And having having the drinks to speak is also not healthy. Mm. So it's our society. That's a sad fact about us in life right now. So yeah, but I think I think it could change. But I mean, I have seen people on TikTok complaining that everything their friend group does is to drink and go out partying whenever they want to be social it always needs to involve a glass of wine it always needs to include having a beer and not everyone wants to have a beer all the time and i think we have a very good friend group i mean we do different things we uh, we went and played paintball um last semester we meet up we do gatherings you know where everyone in the friend group is uh, is invited and there's never i can recall since i met you guys that we've had any drinking pressure in our group we've had pre-parties where people don't drink um and i think there needs to be room for that but i've also i've also been to pre-parties where where i won't drink and then the first thing i hear is like why 
Yeah. yeah you so, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Why don't you want to drink? Exactly. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt my liver and mind and soul and and whatever it may be. And and because of that, there's something wrong. And I think that whole mentality needs to change. Um, so if you're, as you were saying, Melvin, if you're in a good environment, then partying doesn't need to be a bad thing. But the way it's being done right now, yeah. um, I think it's very uh, it's destructive. It's it's escapism. Es- escapism yeah. It's a way of saying I have a problem. Instead of being resilient and dealing with it, yeah. I'm going to go out and party and, and be a clown pretty yeah, much. 100%. But I just want to say that I have been on both sides of the... Um, of the equation right i've done i've done healthy things to try work on upstairs and i've done unhealthy things like drinking to work on upstairs and i know personally that doing the healthy things is way better for long-term growth and healing than it is to just want to get drunk with your friends every night and uh, play the fool so whoever's dealing with something out there try reach a hand out try um try seek healthier options of dealing with things upstairs i know it sounds cliche or whatever but go to the gym go for a run um try and get your endorphins up naturally you know or your um what is it called dopamine Dopamine. try to get your dopamine naturally instead of um like killing it with all these other um activities that are not healthy for you and i promise you it seems fun now and it seems like a good idea now, but in the future, it's it's you're gonna like regret doing a lot of those things. So just try find healthier forms uh, to to release your to release whatever you're going through, and we wish you all the best. So yeah, with all that, I mean, we need to find a way of overcoming trauma, and I think resilience is a key way of tackling and overcome trauma that we've all dealt with. So do you guys have any like? Uh, examples or like things you think we can do to overcome trauma or examples we have well i mean let me go before you because mine's yours is much bigger than mine (laughs) but i think i mean i think one of the biggest things that i've had to deal with which is not that big in hindsight but like moving overseas moving to a new country uh by myself with nobody around and uh nobody to help in that way was uh, quite a big uh, learning curve for me. I wouldn't say so much trauma because um, like all I did was just grow through that time. I didn't, I didn't really have any trauma. But it must be a shock though. In this, in the sense like financially it was a trauma because I like to get money for me was like my only priority because I didn't want to be homeless. You know, Mm. I don't want to sleep under a bridge or anything. So what did you do to, recover quickly and get back on track to resilience work (laughs) (laughs) i did i did everything and anything and i would work as much as i could so it was a um i think it was just like a strong mindset at the time because i was moving away from family i was moving away from friends i just i had to stand on my own two feet and try and get things done you know it's like either it's like swim or drown type of situation Mm -hmm. so I think that uh, for me helped me like grow and evolve in that in that way and not get left behind and mm. yeah. But I, I actually want the audience to know about your uh, living situation in London. Mm. Can you tell them how your uh, living arrangement <laughs> was? Because that's that's resilience right there. <laughs> well, thank you. But I think to paint a full picture, basically, 
I had to move over to Norway, but I didn't have enough money. So I moved with my cousin uh, to the UK, shout out Connor. And he was kind enough to let me stay uh, with him for a couple of months so I could work and, and get money and stuff. But I, um, when I first moved over to, to, to the UK with, uh, with everyone in euros and dollars, I had about, I had about $250 to my name. It's like 2,500 Nothing. krona, 5,000 rand. Uh, that's like two, five, fifty. 2,500 krones. No, and, actually. And shilling, 2,500 shillings. And no, actually, 25,000 shillings. 25,000 shillings. <laughs> okay, now that we got all the currencies <laughs> down, um, that's all I had to my name. And um, luckily, I landed this construction job with, with Connor in the UK, and I worked that for uh, three months, I think, before the pandemic hit. But yeah, I bought I bought a blow-up mattress when I arrived for 14 pounds, I still remember. And that was like taking a lot away from my 250 and i slept on his floor for for three months wow. on a blob mattress before i managed uh i managed to get over to norway mm. the funny thing is is that all the money that i had saved or made during that construction job it all got taken away during the pandemic oh, nice. so i would have been better off just moving to oslo <laughs> from the beginning than i would have been afterwards but i i'm i've met a uh, a South African friend here as well, and that that helped a lot getting mm. getting a, a place in Oslo. So it's not all bad, um, and I definitely have some of, some of my fondest memories from that time. But uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit a little bit crazy, and that sometimes I didn't know if I was going to be able to pull through or not. But mm. well, you did. So yeah, well done. Thanks. Thank God for resilience. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for sure. Yeah, I think, especially when it comes to traumatic things, one thing that you must keep in mind is that, although it sounds harsh, I know many people don't like to hear this, but nobody gives a shit about your problems. Nobody. Not your boss, not your, most of your, unless they're really close friends, they don't really I would, care. I wouldn't say nobody. Your I would mom. Say, I would yeah, say maybe like, like 99% of people. I was going to get to, I was going to say that okay. family other ones who genuinely and like care. close friends like yeah. we've had conversations like venting or whatever when i genuinely care about what you have to say and what you're feeling and stuff yeah but that's because we're close friends yeah and how many how many of those do most people have yeah maybe two three unfortunately many people don't have any so that's very sad but generally most people don't care but i used to think that it was a bad thing it was a sad thing oh nobody cares but one day I just, I kind of flipped the switch where I went. The fact that nobody cares is actually beautiful because nobody's coming to help you. No one's coming to help me. I have to do everything. You have to help yourself first and foremost. But also I want to tie that to having the fear of getting criticism or having the fear to try new things. When you realize how how less of a shit people give it's so much easier to do it yeah sure. that, that was my my main thing when i saw this podcast mm. when people scroll through our instagram videos or whatever it may be if they're genuine friends they might be oh a new video i'll watch if they're not on the train they go oh th those weirdos post it again and then they scroll yeah. and then they watch their aiden ross or i show speed video that shows up next 
So I think it's a beautiful thing that most people don't care. It gives you a lot of autonomy to try new things and and try and fail. That's that's what life should be. And also, I thought about this the other day, especially in our generation. Everyone seems to have their life plans figured out so well. It's like, oh, from 18 to 22, I want to do this. From 22 to 26, I want to do this. And then I'm going to work in this industry and, and then take this additional education. And then I thought about guys like my grandfather. His story was like, I used to work in this job and then an opportunity occurred to travel to uh, Mexico. So I was like, fuck it. There's nothing keeping me here. Let's go to Mexico. And then I met this person there and then I was able to travel back and start this job. And then I feel that's a very beautiful thing about the older generation. They they had let. I, I feel like they kind of gave less of a, they gave less fucks. Yeah. And they seem happier than we are. Yeah. Well, there was less technology around then, right? Because mm. now you don't get offered a job in Mexico anymore. You get offered um, to join a Mexican company and then you just Skype. Right. Right. So it's, I think, yeah, I mean, that's pros and cons. That's a whole different topic, but there's pros and cons of um, of everything. But what what made you realize that, what, what was your turning point? What happened? I don't really know. I just think... I heard a very inspirational quote one day that said, you're the only one who can make this work, but you're also you're also the only one that could fuck this up. Mm. The reason why people look up to superheroes and, and uh, fighters and boxers is because they have to go through so much adversity yeah. to become the hero. Have resilience. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So that's why I have, I have so, I have such a high, like it's, it's hard to express it in words, but I have such a high admiration and respect for UFC fighters. Oh, yeah. because it's not like I'm, I've ever competed or done any fighting but I have trained martial arts uh, for several years and I know how tough that is and to get into a cage and fight in front of your the whole world your family your friends your probably your ex-girlfriends are watching everyone's watching and you could get knocked out and humiliated in front of the whole world and the amount of stress and trauma that must um that must come as part of that package for them must be so hard to overcome but that's why it's so beautiful i I saw did you guys watch um adesanya's knockout over Pereira last weekend there was this brazilian monster right he knocked him out twice and then adesanya came back and he knocked him out brutally in the last in the last fight and he said in his post fight interview he said i hope everyone in this audience can ever experience the happiness i'm feeling right now but you'll never experience it unless you go for something. Yeah. Unless you stop giving a fuck and you go, let's let's try and do something that I've, I never thought I could. Yeah. For sure. It's it's a it's a special feeling. So, but what was your question again? <laughs> I kind of went Thank off you. topic. Thank you for that yeah. tangent. My my question was is that what what led you to that mind shift change? I think we need to go to the mindset where we are main characters. You know, let's say, for example, not the main character. No, listen, there's a difference between walking in the city and let's say being in the gym. In the gym, every person is a main character. Let's say every individual, you're always thinking someone's watching you, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're like, oh, this is, I'm going to do this wrongly because someone's watching me probably. You're the main character. Now imagine if we put that mindset outside too, that we're not, we're not the second character or the NPC in someone else's life. We should put a mindset that I'm the main character of my life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you are. But with a mindset like, 
I'm I'm Franklin from GTA walking in the city. Like I'm the main character. Right. Not everybody else is an NPC. Okay, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But I mean like you're the main character, you know. Yeah. But are you saying that in a sense that it, like you shouldn't care what you shouldn't care what others think or you shouldn't care in the sense that you can do whatever you want and and No, I mean like being the main character, let's say in the gym. You are you're in the gym, you're working out and you don't want to do something weird or like work out wrongly and then someone else probably is laughing at you at the back. That's yeah. what your mind is telling you. Mm-hmm. You should like take that in a way that you're working out, you, you are trying as much as to do the right thing, but you know that no one is caring, no one is watching you anyways or no one is like giving a like, like that don't, doesn't care about you. Yeah. So in one way, being the main character, but knowing that people are watching you, you know that you're, you're working extra hard not to embarrass yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, deep down, you know that no one is watching you yeah. and no one cares what you're doing. So you have to have like two different stages, like trying to do your very best to like uh, let the NPCs not laugh at you or and also to like um, let yourself... Uh, know that no one is actually no one cares what you're doing but you should work to your very best yeah mm. i think that's that's a good point because I, I know for me personally a lot of the things that helped me overcome um like obstacles and stuff in my life was just trying to prove myself that like, like to myself that i could do it right mm. i wanted to i wanted to prove that i could get this or get that or look some type of way or feel some type of way mm. you know so i think with your main character thing if if more people could develop um a mindset where i want to do it for me and i don't want to do it for other people i want to make myself proud then i you know there will be a lot more uh overcoming in because i i do agree with you that there's very very few people that are going to come to our rescue right very very few and I know that sometimes a lot of people they they don't they don't quite have that helping hand. So anyone that will give them any kind of attention, they'll they'll go to you know or latch onto. And I think I think that's also unhealthy, right? Because th- there comes a point where you have to take whatever you're dealing with, and you have to sort through it. You have to you have to take it out of that filing cabinet. You have to look at it. You have to deal with it and you have to solve that case whatever it is you have to you have to deal with it at some point in your life mm. but you have to take that folder out you have to look through it and you have to be like okay this this is what i need to do mm. so in that sense yes there's nobody coming for you but in 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 the other sense that you, you can't do it alone either you have to be able to have someone that's that's once you're in a strong enough mindset you have to have someone that's there for you that can be a pillar mm. while you just while you go through whatever you need to go through you know and like luckily for me that that was my dad for a lot of the things my mom as well but my dad especially just like like there's a lot of things that I've gone through where he, he's just been that person there for me that I can I can be weak for a second mm. and he can just carry me through it and and go through it um so yes and no you need to be alone you need to work through things alone but you also at the same time need to um have people that you can trust and like, that you value with this i think you also spoke it where really where perfectly like the importance of having a role model 
and as well as as an advisor to your life. Mm. I'm not sure what term it is again about the person you like not a counselor but someone who advises you how would you call a person in your life mentor yeah your mentor the importance of having a mentor in your life whether it's your friend or whether it's someone who is like one of your parents one of your family members a family friend the importance of having a mentor that will even though you discuss like once a month you have like once a month quiet time you talk to each other you discuss what's going on how you're feeling that's really important because you have that one person who will be there who has a listening ear and you won't be alone in that situation. And obviously choosing a mentor is is important who you choose. You can't choose anyone to be your mentor. You can't choose, let's say, a random uh, person who is wasting his life outside. He can't mm. be your mentor. What, what will he be mentoring you? You should choose a mentor who has something to give. You can look up to him and be like, wow, I want to probably like fall in his steps or be like him or like at least work as hard as that person. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why guys like Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson and these uh, like traditional masculine guys are, are growing and getting a big following because people lack that. Especially for guys, there's so many guys that lack a good role model, yeah. a male role model in their yeah. lives. Yeah. So when, let's say you're, you're grown up with a single mom and then you have this Andrew Tate guy uh, blowing up the internet, teaching about masculinity and what it needs, what what you need to do to become a man or a traditional man, yeah. then that's going to be very appealing. Although not everything he says it's right or you agree with it, sure. it it creates um, it creates sort of a vacuum yeah. with the person. Mm. You you need that ma- you need that input from somewhere, mm. and then you turn to social media because you're not getting in in your home or your community or wh- wherever it may be. So. With all these uh, ways of like how we've dealt with trauma, how resilience builds us up, we need to find a way of how does how do we build up resilience? How do we become mindful and how do we strengthen resilience? It's like a muscle, I think. Mm. I think it's like we need to work out to build that muscle. So I think resilience is like a muscle and we have to build it up. What do you think? Definitely. I think, um, I, I think it's exactly like a muscle. And the more hard stuff that you do, the more uncomfortable situations that you put yourself in, the more resilient you'll become. Def- like, no question about it. I I read this book I really liked. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. Have you guys read it? Yeah. One beautiful thing he mentions is that we have a wrong uh, perception of the f- the word good experience. Like, what is a good experience? Sitting on the beach in Spain with a with a umbrella drink is not is not a good experience. I mean, it's pleasant and it's yeah, comfortable. It's a great experience. <laughs> <laughs> but the good experiences are the ones where you have to challenge yourself and question yeah. what you're doing mm. and build resilience. Mm. Those are the ones you get. Like, have you guys ever looked back at something that was difficult where you had to grind really oh, hard yeah, and you had to the, deal with so much shit? And go, oh, that was a bad experience. That was destructive for me. No, it, it, it always comes out good. Yeah. So I think when people experience hardships, that's also back to, because we talked about mental health. Mm-hmm. As soon as people experience hardships, they may think that there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going through this. I'm having a, I'm having a breakup. Yeah. I have a friend whose his, his girlfriend dumped him pretty much. Mm-hmm. Very sad, very you know, very unfortunate for unfortunate event. And I remember I was talking to him and 
maybe I, I was a bit harsh on him, but I was telling him how basically this is going to transform you. This is this could be make or break for you as a guy because you haven't you haven't experienced many hardships in your life. Now you get a really bad one. You're being basically dumped like garbage yeah. by a girl you love. You saw your future with this girl yeah. and then she dumped you. Now you get to become, I won't mention his name, but now you get to become the real you. whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah. So I think what's beautiful about hardships is that they allow you to become the person you should become. Yeah. The reason the reason Superman is Superman is because of everything he has to go through, all the shit he has to deal with yeah. to help the city, the people living in, where is he? Is it in New York? Superman? Yeah, somewhere there. Yeah, somewhere there. yeah I agree. Uh, sorry. No, okay. So uh, I totally agree because I think... Have you ever had a feeling where you've gone to a hardship, but you've persevered and you've gone, you've gone past it, and you're getting fruits out of it? Yeah. The great feeling you have bubbling in your heart, you're like, "Damn, that was tough, but yeah. man, look at me now." You know yeah. that yeah. that feeling of greatness because hardships is hard, but I can give you a nice, um, okay, not nice, but a way, a, let's say a story way, a metaphor. A storm, you're in, you're in the middle of the sea with a boat, right? And a storm hits. And uh, obviously with a boat, you when you go back, the storm is still like in the middle of the sea. It keeps hitting your boat. You're going back and forth. But you see the sunshine way across, like way forward where the storm has already passed by. Yeah. So would you go backwards where the storm is still continuing going towards the, where you came from? Or would you go towards where the storm came from, where the sunshine is already starting to like light? Right. Yeah. So you're going to go through the storm. And once you pass through the storm, the f- ocean is like flat, back yeah. to normal. It's calm. You see, the storm is already it's still at the place where you came from, yeah. but you already persevered. You're already on sunshine. You're already on a smooth path to your journey. Yeah. So I think you will. You'll never give up. You should never look back and turn around when you're in hardship. But you always have to fight the, the storm, yeah. and the storm will make you stronger. Mm. And through that strength, you will go to calmness. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes it's hard for some people to see that that sunlight though the storm sometimes it storms a little bit heavier and then they they can't see that but like you said just carry on pushing through carry on getting through the storm and uh, everything will be light on the other side honestly sometimes you can't even see the light let's say from my personal experience because you're in an airplane right you're you're taking off let's say it's oslo or let's yeah let's say it's oslo it's stormy it's raining it's dark clouds uh, you're taking off with your flight heavy turbulence between the clouds it's the clouds are super dark you're in the middle you keep going up and down you know that feeling when you look out the window it's just clouds hitting the flight mm-hmm. but then 10 minutes after you're already on top of the clouds and it's already yeah. light so at the moment you might not see the light and it might be really shaky and you're in fear and you're in doubt but like you gotta go through the turbulence and turbulence uh, never causes an accident sometimes because yeah. it's not sometimes, no, not sometimes. <laughs> it never causes a turbulence it's like a What's it called? The the gel, gel, gelatin effect on the aeroplane? Uh, like uh, gelatin the turbulence has never caused accidents. Yeah. So I I actually want to share an experience I had last week. So I'm sitting in a I'm sitting in a fast food restaurant with. So it's me, my uh, two friends, like two guys, and then the girlfriend of one of my friends. So one of these guys, he's lived here two years. He's from, an, I won't mention country or name or whatever, mm. but he's from a country with real problems, right? Yeah. And he's been here, thanks. <laughs> he's been here for two years now. Bro works as an engineer, knows the language. He's like achieved 
way more than any of us and he's the same age as us and in his whole demeanor you can sense that he's a he's just like he's a sound guy he's a gentleman he's he's a respectable guy that everyone that everyone respects mm. and i remember the girlfriend of my other friend was asking him how old are you and he goes i'm 24 and everyone was like what the fuck <laughs> we thought you were like 29 30 31 yeah. and that's when i said it's because this guy has gone through real problems yeah. anyone anyone you look up to has had to build resilience yeah. you were talking about your dad yeah. why do you think your dad when when shit goes down he has yeah, he has a calm calculated reflected mind and is able to give you good advice yeah. it's because he's been through those storms before yeah. And he's just talking out of experience and reflections. Yeah, that's true. And I think another way of building resilience in ourselves is like through mindfulness, try to get yourself into a healthy mentality. Let's say for others, it's meditating. For others, it's true focusing on their beliefs. Let's mm. say for me, it's uh, focusing on Christianity, for, for example, and believing and praying, for example. And maybe for you, it's different. For you, it's different. So we all have a way that we know that might enable us to become more resilient. And that's, that is through mindfulness for our soul and body. So I think having good understanding of thoughts and emotions can save you a lot of doctor's appointments and prescriptions and not just doctor's appointments but lonely nights fights with friends fights with family um i think i think understanding your emotions understanding your psyche where where you are what you're mad at what you're happy about all of those kind of things i think that is unbelievably important hmm. and I, i'm not saying in the sense that you should meditate all day unless you want to, of course. But a lot of people, we know people that meditate all the time. And I, th I think a lot of people that don't know what it is, they think that it's something that you dedicate your entire life to, right? And, th and they don't want to get started with it. But meditation isn't necessarily just like sitting on the floor or, and, you know, just having time for mindfulness. But like meditation or just understanding your state of mind i think is also like a form of meditation Definitely. because um i know for me personally like quiet time or just time by myself where i can just sit and think with my thoughts um sometimes they run away from me but sometimes you fight through a lot of battles and you get to the other side with a more clear understanding of uh things the way you want them to go or the way you you should see them, but you didn't previously. And um, I think I think that is very important, especially for, for younger people. I want to share with you guys the best wisdom or advice, what you want to call it, that I've ever received is that look as your thoughts as messengers to your feelings. So because you can't stop feelings, feelings will always come. You can't stop them. And thoughts always occur automatically, right? Yeah. But imagine if you can look at your thoughts as messengers, where if you, let's say you feel angry, right? You'll automatically get thoughts saying, oh, if, if, I'm, if I'm mad at you, I'll get thoughts saying, oh, slap Thor. Thor's a piece of shit. I, I don't want to swear too much. But Thor's this, Thor's that. Push him, slap him. Mm. You can go, okay, you can look at those thoughts as messengers and go, okay, well, thanks for letting me know, but... I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I don't have to do that. 
Yeah. I think I've, especially like being in university and having done group projects and and having to collaborate with other people and I've been I've been working for two years now too out in the corporate world people tend to identify with their thoughts and emotions and emotions too much yeah whereas because stoicism is looked at as a good thing yeah you you heard about the book um meditations well, it, depends. it depends who you ask not in today's day and age but in general yes good thing you've heard about the book by Marcus Aurelius called meditations mm. Okay, it was a famous book by one of the greatest uh, emperors in the Roman Empire. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Should probably have a look at it. Yeah. And it and it basically teaches you how to be stoic, how to look at your thoughts and your emotions and what they for what they are. Mm. But a, a lot of people misconcept that. They think that being stoic is ignoring your thoughts mm. and emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I disagree with that. Yeah. Being stoic is having the ability to go if you're upset, if you're boiling inside, like when I slap the back of your head. Mm. And you get upset. Mm. You can go, okay, this is happening. You observe. Your thoughts are trying to tell you all these bad things. And you go, okay, well, thanks for letting me know. But no, we're going to do it differently. Yeah. I think that's a very... I've When I received that wisdom and I started practicing it, because it does take practice, yeah. but my, my, emotional, my emotional intelligence went up crazy mm. in the past year because I've been just practicing that. Yeah. Whenever I'm angry, whenever I'm stressed, whenever I'm sad. Because yeah. a lot of people try to say that being sad is a bad thing. Mm. But these days, if I'm sad, I just, I lean back and I observe and I go, okay, I'm sad. It's okay. Yeah. Everyone's sad all the time. It's it's part of life. Well, well, what is like the, what is the origin of that sadness? And then you start like working through it, you're saying, or you just, you just feel off one day. And you just lean back. You're like, okay, I'm sad. I'll work through this. I know I will. And then the next day, you're good again. Were you asking me a question? Yeah. What's okay? So the question was: is like, if you, you've had a bad day, mm -hmm. or the, either you've had a bad day, or there was like an origin to your sadness. Something happened. Yeah. Like some event happened in your life. So which one are you saying for both? You like sit back and you just say, I'm sad. It is what it is. I'll be fine. And then you move on. Let's say me and you have an argument, right? About yeah. some minor issue. Yeah. And we, we swear at each other. We, we get upset and then we leave without seeing eye to eye. Yeah. So when, I, when I'm walking home, I'm sad because I had a fight with you. Okay. I tend to just lean back and go, okay, we had a fight. It sucks. I'm sad, but it's okay. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow we can fix it. Yeah. Or not, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Okay. Just try to see things for what they are. Yeah, fair. Ha like good things too, happy things. Yeah, you know, vacations and all these, all these highs that we we yeah. tend to to lean on. Yeah, they're, they're the same as sad. They're just they're just brief. It's like dust. Mm. You know, it's it's just small parts of our life. Yeah, but do you think that you understanding that sadness? So we've had the fight. You've gone home, you're like, oh, I'm sad. And then you said after that, it doesn't matter tomorrow if we fix it or not. Mm -hmm. Do you think that understanding why that you're sad and the origin of that sadness will help you take action the next day? Because either you'll go home and you'll be like, I'm done with this guy. Like he doesn't see eye to eye with me. I'm done with him. I'm not going to bother with that anymore. I'm not wasting any more time and energy. Or you'll go home and you'll say, damn, like 
I really wish we didn't fight. Mm. Like we need to make it right tomorrow or tonight or whatever. So I think understanding that sadness and where it comes from is also a very important step. Definitely, because if you have the ability to understand that, you won't fight just for the sake of it. I know friends, I have friends that have made drama between them for no reason. Yeah. And it's as if they're addicted to the drama. Because yeah. it's like an outlet. Yeah. They just lash out at each other and they're just angry at each other for no reason. Yeah. I mean, we've obviously had a few conflicts in the past as a friend group and as close friends. Everybody does, yeah. But every time we sit down and talk about it, it's always like, okay, this happened. I don't appreciate this. Uh, may, what, what can we do about this? Because we all have the ability to observe our emotions and not letting them get the better of us. Yeah. Because if you have the ability to reflect on the origin of your sadness or your anger or whatever, you're not going to feel the need to argue with someone just for yeah. the sake of it. Yeah, 100%. Perfect. <laughs> Should I do the outro? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was very insightful. Very insightful. I definitely feel more uh, mindful and resilient. And uh, I'm definitely more resilient after this podcast. Definitely. As always, I'm Adrian. Thor. Melvin. And we've been Word for the Week, a weekly dose of inspiration and wisdom from three young men. We're from how many continents? Two. Two continents. Isn't it three? Three no. is from Middle East. That's not a continent. Asia. Okay, three continents, <laughs> three young men, change, changing the world let's one just, word at a time. Let's just say all of them, bro. All, all of, of the continents. <laughs> Worldwide, bro. Oh, three of us two, bro. What? Mr. Three of five. You don't have to do this over again because you were... <laughs> Mr. Three of five. All right, this has been great, guys. As Thank usual, you. I'm Adrian. Thor. Melvin. We're three young men from three different continents. Yes, sir. And we're trying to change the world one word at a time. Resilience. On a weekly basis. We're on Spotify, Rumble, Apple Podcast, YouTube. Anything else? TikTok, Instagram. Yeah, for short content. TikTok and Instagram. And yeah, thanks guys for, for watching along or listening or sensing, feeling, whatever it may be. We'll see you guys next week. God bless. Love y'all. Bye.